Would you pray with me? Most gracious God, we are so thankful that you are a good God, that your faithfulness endures for generations, that your love is everlasting, and it's a merciful love. Lord, help us to take that to heart, that it would become the very soul of who we are. How we see and understand ourselves is based on your unconditional love and grace, not on our performance, which is constantly under review. May we learn that our identity in you is settled. We don't have to earn it. Thank you, God, for that. Today, Lord, I pray as we talk about worshiping you and thanking you for that gift, may you pour upon me the gift of preaching, that my very frail and broken and human words might, by the power of your Holy Spirit, become your living word uniquely crafted for each and every one of our hearts. We pray it with great confidence, for we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this past week in our Now is the Time to Worship series, we did something new. As part of the sermon, Eliza and I led us at the end of the sermon in an intimate worship-filled response to God. I was so grateful to hear your voices, to hear you respond, to see our willingness to experiment together, which is really the the, the request I've made, that we would experiment together to, to grow in our capacity, our ability to worship. My hope is that you might have experienced worship a little differently, that the lyrics, I need you, Lord, every hour I need you, began to be an authentic cry of your heart to God. I was also grateful to hear from some of you afterward about how meaningful it was. As we heard Sarah read, today's passage from Psalm 100 begins with, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. I love how this psalm is filled with exclamation points. This isn't a suggestion, right? It's a how can you not kind of statement. The psalm gives us good reason To worship so exuberantly. The psalmist reminds us God created us and more. We are his. And being his, he is our protector. He is the shepherd and we are like sheep. What kind of shepherd is he? Well, in the psalm toward the end it says the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generation. Our creator is good and is forever love is steadfast. Because of this, if you really receive it, like I was praying a few moments ago, we should desire to be bold in our response to God, in our worship, to come with open hearts, with expectation and faith that God is here and that God will speak to us to move, that God will move within us. But even though we know this intellectually, it can be such a challenge, can it not? I'm sure some of you struggled last week in those because I'm creating these vulnerable moments and you're like, survey says, right? You are not interested in vulnerability with God. I'm just asking for you to experiment with it, right? Because it can be hard. Pastor Ricky Zell describes what our hesitancy can cost us. He says, we do church as many do lunch, Casually and unprepared. Our hearts and minds don't show profound awe and respect. We don't anticipate God's presence or voice. Consequently, we're unable 
to experience the presence of God that will stir our souls, change our lives, and satisfy our hunger for meaning. So today, in response to God's steadfast love and enduring faithfulness, I'm asking us to come into worship with expectation and faith. Expectation that God is here, that God wants to speak to you and to me, to be present to us, to stir our souls, to change our lives, to satisfy our hunger for meaning. And so today we're going to learn a new song, one that the band played during the offering last week entitled History. The reason I'm sharing it is because God was particularly present to me. This was during my sabbatical. He was present to me during this song in a worship service in a way that brought healing to some old wounds. Here's what happened. When we were in Spain, um, I was reading a book called Bittersweet, and um, it talked a lot about sorrow and grief and longing and how when you don't face that, when you deflect from sorrow or grief or pain instead of facing it, that it can get stuck within you and hurt you and hurt others. And it's as we face it that beauty can happen. There's joy in sorrow, and there's also sorrow in joy. And I was reading this book and thinking about it kind of personally in this very courtyard right down from our apartment in Alicante. And then my my son's girlfriend, Summer, had sent him a playlist that included a worship leader named Abby Gamboa. And there was a particular song called Pure by her that I was listening to at the same time. And these two thoughts were present with me when God first said to me, worship would be the thing that I'm to focus on. And so um, the two came together in Dallas. I was visiting my brother up in Prosper in North Dallas, and Abby Gamboa's church, where she leads worship, is in Dallas. And so while I was there, there's a Saturday afternoon service at 4 o'clock, and I thought, well, shoot, I should go while I'm here to see if Abby happens to be leading today. And so I did, and Abby was, which I had no idea. And so I came in with expectation because as I read the Bittersweet book, I'd really thought a lot about the grief that was in me from my brother's death. Remember, he died when I was 14 and he was 19. He died from cancer. And when he got sick, I was 11. So from 11 to 14, really formative years Um, I was grieving and struggling, right, with with my brother's health and then death. And so I felt like, in light of this book, that I needed to revisit it and to face it in a new way. So I came into this service kind of sensing, okay, God, you have put these things together in Alicante. And so now, here I am at the upper room in Dallas. That's the church um, that Abby sings at. And Abby's there. Their worship style, just like what I'm asking you to do, is a bit unfamiliar, maybe. Their worship style was unfamiliar to me. They worship between an hour and an hour and a half before anyone speaks. It's a very long time of music and worship. There are wonderful dancers that do all kinds of interpretive dance during worship. There's all kinds of things going on that, that most of us would not know what to do with here at St. Andrews. But I came in with expectation and faith. And the first thing that happened when I got there was they, they started with a song called Take a Moment. And it says, take a moment to remember who God is and who I am. There you go, lifting my load again, talking to Jesus. No longer am I held by the yoke of this world. 
Come up under the yoke of Jesus. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. And remember, we're not talking about eggs here. We're talking about animals that plow, right? And so there's a yoke that connects two oxen, right, as they pull the plow. And it's saying, come up under the yoke of Jesus. He wants to carry your burden. Well, the thing about this song is it's not a new song. It's an older song. It's 10 years old or more probably. And I know it well. And I didn't expect to know very many of the songs there. And so I really felt like God had kind of said, okay, pay attention. And so I was. And then they did, they, they did a combination or a medley. They went from this song into the song History, which we're going to learn this morning. And it says this. And I want you to think about the intimacy of what's happening. First, this song is saying to me, hey, God is here to take your burden." The second thing is this, right? You know, speaking to God, you know when I come and when I go, never leaving me alone. You're the God who doesn't look away. This is who you are. You fill pages of our story, keeping record of our songs, holding tears from every season. This is who you are. Intimate language about God and God's love for us and God's presence with us. And as I sang these words with faith and expectation, God spoke these words to my heart and he reminded me that God knows me intimately and God never leaves me. He never looks away no matter what. And then Abby, this girl that I had been, uh, you know, had come there really because she had, her songs had touched me she began to do something that would make you very uncomfortable, and I promise I'm not going to do it now. Um, But she began to cry in worship. And she cried in worship in a way that there was nothing showy about it. I'm talking like stuff running down your nose, kind of crying, right? This wasn't a show. This was her brokenness before God. And I was just rolling with it, right, as it happened. But this is what happened in the midst of that. She began to say the words of Jesus. I think it was what Jesus was saying to her, but it was obvious that these were the words of Jesus. And he was saying, because we were singing, come up under the yoke of Jesus, right? His burden is easy. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. And she, she said, that load, that load, that burden that you're carrying, Jeff, she didn't say my name, is not yours to carry. It's mine. And in that moment... Something shifted within me. And I want you to know that that was the moment when I thought back and I understood the connection with God just saying to me in Spain, Lord, what do you want me to focus on in the coming number of years as I come off this sabbatical? And he just said, worship. That was in Spain in July. This is mid-August. And God is showing me that God desires to move among us in worship. And it's not, it wasn't because of all the things that we don't do in worship, right? That wasn't why God showed up. God showed up because people come with expectation. They come with faith. So on a Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. in worship, through worship, God spoke to me. God lifted a burden from me. I'd been carrying a long time. And the burden wasn't only the grief of my brother's death. The burden was also the way I ran as a teenager into my adult years as a result of not dealing with my brother's death. Does that make sense? 
right? When you have something inside of you that may be deeply buried that you don't know what to do with, you have to, if you're deflecting, you have to numb or run or whatever. And so I had regrets and shame that I was also dealing with. And God just lifted that burden from me and said, Jeff, that's not yours to carry. That's my burden to carry. Well, so in the book I was reading, Bittersweet, that I was telling you about, the author writes it this way. If we don't transform our sorrows and longings, we can end up inflicting them on others via abuse, domination, neglect. But if we realize that all humans know or will know loss and suffering, we can turn toward each other. And of course, I turned toward God, and God lifted this, but it, it's that whole feeling that I was inflicting my wounds on myself and at times on others. You see, I was stuck. My sorrows and longings were stuck, and I was inflicting them on others. And God touched me that day and set me on a new journey of healing. Um, and so I'm asking us, right? I came with faith and expectation that God would meet me, and God did. Um, God doesn't always meet us the way we want him to. This is, <laughs> I've wanted God to do this before. It doesn't always happen the way we want. But what I will tell you is this. Again and again in the Gospels, when Jesus says, your faith has made you well, Right? When someone comes to him and he heals them or something happens, he says, your faith has made you well. He's saying faith on our part is required. Faith on our part is required. We must believe that God can change us. We must believe in him. We must believe that he can. It doesn't mean he will. It's God's choice, not ours. But God has the power and can help us. And that we come to it with expectation and faith. Um, and so the message version of Psalm 100 that we read today, the message version of that says we should sing ourselves into God's presence. We should sing ourselves into God's presence. And really, that is the heart of everything I'm saying, everything that I'm seeking to teach us, that like my experience in the upper room, if we come to God's presence with expectation and faith, if we confess our need of his help, Lord, I need you, if we trust he desires to help us, then we will be willing to worship authentically and vulnerably. And when we do this, we sing ourselves into God's presence. And so I want to teach you this song, History. And one of the reasons is, is because it is a vulnerable song, but it also has um, gratitude and thanks built into it, which I think is really powerful. And so I'm going to ask Eliza to come again. Um, and we're going to kind of go through it, a verse and chorus, to get you a little more familiar with it. And then, um, and then we'll sing it together this morning. So what we'll do is we'll sing each slide, like this one, and then you'll sing it with us. So we'll just repeat each slide, okay? So it goes like this. You know when I come and when I go Never leaving me alone You're the God who doesn't look away This is who you are Sing that with us 
teach you the next slide. You fill the pages of our story, keeping record of our songs, holding tears from every season. This is who you are. Okay, let's do that together. together. And what I want, let's take a moment to pray before we start. And I want you to think about this being true. I want you to sing it. Even if you're struggling with your faith, have enough faith this morning to experiment and sing these words as if they're true. Mean them, say them to God. And then be thankful, right? As a result of that, experience that thankfulness that we have. So let's take a moment of silence and pray as we prepare our I 
Worshiping together as we sing gratitude. 